Okay. could be said that I'm tired of being a death slave. We have to become warriors again because the battle is raging. Hyperinflation is part of the weaponry, in, in addition to COVID injections, that the enemy is using against us. And we're trying so hard to get people to understand us. Fortunately, there is a group of people called Christian Identity who get it who understand the trouble we're in and the only solution to that, that is the law of Yahweh as taught to us by Yahshua Messiah. We're getting ready for the second coming, but he also said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And the answer is precious little, at least at the current time. However, the the position of Eurofolk Radio And a lot of uh, Christian identity authors, especially the two seed liners, is that the Bible is a history book. You have to know the history. And it's also a scientific book. The the Bible does not contradict science. What we have in the world today is two contradictory worldviews, one being evolutionism, the other being New Earth creationism, neither of which come from the Bible. They come from the minds of men, humans, fallible human beings. And so you need to understand what the Bible's all about. And I think the book of Genesis should really be called the book of genetics because that's what it's all about. It's tracing the genetic history of the Adamic species on the one hand and the genetic distortions of another species called Kenites, the descendants of Cain, as we, of course, know as Jews today. So one of the interesting things about this dispute between the two seed lines, between the two bloodlines, is they have, well, they have taken, commandeered both science and the Bible away from us. Fortunately, There is such a thing as real science, not Jew science, and there is such a thing as real Bible scholarship as opposed to Jew-imposed Bible hogwash. And one of the uh, arguments uh, among the scientific world, and and, it includes a lot of the religious world as well, is the subject of telegony. So let me just copy this because I posted it much earlier today. For those who just entered the chat room, here is the link. And it is Science Direct. And it's the latest scientific study on telegony. It's entitled Uterosomes. Uterosomes. The Lost. Let me get the exact title here. Uterosomes. The Lost Ring of Telegony? Question mark. Now, it's interesting that there aren't any Jews <laughs> or even white people, looks like, involved in this study. So maybe it's honest. 
because there's no Judeos involved in it, and there's no Jews. The authors are Hamid Riza Nejabati. Sounds to me like a maybe uh, an Indian uh, who practices Islam, or might just be plain old Indian. Layla Rashan, Rashangar and Mohammed Nuri. I'm sure Mohammed Nuri is definitely a uh, Islamic Indian. So now the interesting thing here is they've got some details about Darwin. I had no idea that Darwin actually believed in telegony. I don't know how the evolutionists managed to ignore that fact. But here, let me go into the abstract. Telegony refers to the appearance of some characteristics of the female's previously mated male in her subsequent offspring by another male. And we know that established science has poo-pooed this idea for uh, recorded history. But those who practice animal husbandry have always sworn by it. Those who breed, who breed rabbits, dogs, horses, sheep, cattle, etc., they have all noticed this tendency. So, therefore, it's real. I don't care what a scientist says. I, I'll go to the expert, the people who breed animals. According to evidence, telogeny may occur either through the infiltration of sperm into the somatic tissues of the female genital tract or the presence of fetal genes in the mother's blood. Okay, and the presence of fetal genes in the mother's blood has been firmly established well before this study. I talked about this a couple of years ago. Some Japanese scientists figured this out probably four or five, six years ago. But the, uh, the presence of the infiltration of sperm into the somatic tissues of the female genital tract, that's the first I've heard of this. It is highlighted that sperm penetrates into the mucosa of the uterine and possibly alter, or uterus, it should say here, and possibly alters the genetic structure or retains the genetic structure of the sperm that's embedded in the uterine lining. Now, of course, I think one of the reasons why females have menses is probably to get rid of that kind of you know, infiltration of the uterine wall. But it won't be able to get rid of the, the, the blood that has been infiltrated in this manner. Okay, let's continue. So, it is highlighted that sperm penetrates into the mucosa of the uterine, uterus and possibly alters the genetic structure affecting the embryo and enduring from one pregnancy to the next if it is if it's not expelled by the menses in between. Okay. Affecting the embryo and enduring from one pregnancy to the next, which may be one of the potential mechanisms of telegony. So right now you can see from the tone of this article they're not doubting telegony at all. Uterine fluid, uterine gland-derived histotroph, supplies key nutrients for the successful embryo implantation, and it is important during the first trimester, especially because of its susceptibility to maternal states. The presence of EVs, EVs, what are EVs? Miss that, we'll find out. In uterine fluid, uterosomes, was reported in mice, sheep, and humans, including a wide range of biomolecules such as proteins and non-coding RNAs. In this review article, we presented a new idea to explain telegony. Based on our idea, after the previous... Uh, oh, right. After... I had to scroll down to read more, and I lost my place. Uh, we presented, an, okay, based on our idea, after the previous male sperm entry into the female reproductive system, those sperm which do not participate in fertilization penetrate into the somatic cells of the uterus and store their genetic 
epigenetic information there. Whoa. Now I think we begin to realize why virginity <laughs> was so highly regarded in the ancient world. And actually was highly regarded until the 20th century, the Jewish century. Because we know the Jews are trying to destroy our DNA, destroy our sexual habits, etc., etc. Uh, there are hardly any virgins anymore, except the ones who haven't been thrown into society yet. And I know Brother Aber has done uh, research on this because the verse that is translated that a virgin shall conceive, I'll bet that's uh, Isaiah 7.14 or 14.7. One or the other. And the Jews hate that verse because they want to translate Alma as young woman or maiden or what's the old old English term for a wench? <laughs> a wench, okay. Uh, but in the Septuagint, which is not a Jewish translation, it's a Judahite translation by 70 Judahite, not Jewish scribes, which was the version quoted by the early Christians and by the apostles themselves. It is translated with the word Parthenos, which does indeed mean virgin. So they ought to know what they're translating and why they translated it that way. So, indeed, Mary was a Parthenos, not just a young woman. All right, so let's continue. So, again, the Bible is true, and every every scientist a liar. The sperm of the next partner reaches a location in the female reproductive canal where it exchanges information with the uterosomes and obtains the proteins and non-coding RNAs required for fertilization development, and implantation. So, in other words, they're saying here a mixing of the old sperm or parts of the old sperm with the new sperm from the new sire takes place. Introduction. Telegony, as one of the most interesting genetic phenomena, refers to the appearance of some characteristics of, of a female's previously mated male in her subsequent offspring by another male, Burkhart, 1979. August Weissman, 1893, coined the term telegony and mentioned that spermatozoa had reached the ovary after the first sexual union had occurred and had penetrated into certain ova, that is, the female cell, egg cell, which were still immature. Very interesting. They've, so they've recognized this since 1893. The maturation of these oocytes may coincide with the second intercourse which might lead to the birth of offspring. In his classic book, The Germplasm, he described telegony as a, quote, doubtful phenomenon of heredity, adding that the reported examples of telegony were based on, quote, a misconception, and recommending that further trials be conducted to answer this matter. So the guy who invented the term still had his doubts. Now, Darwin. Darwin and Murray, 1868, gathered some asserted instances of what he attributed to the direct action of the male element on the female form. Now, this is, is this Charles Darwin or his brother, I guess it would have to be Charles because very few people talk about his brother. Anyway, and for the first time described telegony in chapter 11 of his book, The Variation of Animals and Plants Under Domestication, Darwin and Murray, 1868. He regarded this phenomenon to be of particular significance for unraveling the mechanisms of heredity. Besides, he mentioned that it is certain that the ovaria are sometimes affected by a previous impregnation so that the ovules subsequently fertilized by a distinct male are plainly influenced in character. 
Charles Darwin said this. Why don't the evolutionists ever quote this? Let me repeat this. It is certain, he asserts, that ovaria are sometimes affected by a previous impregnation so that the ovules subsequently fertilized by a distinct male are plainly influenced in character. That's probably the best definition of telegony I've ever read. Quote, My evidence is adequate to show the reality of a former sire imposing his effect on a future offspring, despite the fact that this fact is one of comparably, comparably infrequent occurrence. Unquote. Romanus, Romanus said of Telegony, Romanus, 1893. The existence of Telegony was reported in a wide spectrum of species such as horses, dogs, sheep, Darwin's name comes up repeatedly here, and others. In the 80s and 90s, the phenomena of Telegony were noted in the immune system of mice and rabbits. Oh, you mean... My disease could be transmitted by telegony, by, by some previous sire of my mother that she never admitted to. First and foremost, Gorzinski et al. in 1983, not 1893, 1983, reported the aberrant hypo-responsiveness to particular alloantigens in the second-generation offspring born to neonatally tolerant male despite subsequent mating with normal, non-tolerant males. Rabbit offspring sired by non-immune bucks and born to doe previously mating with bucks that had recovered from uh, myxomatosis also demonstrated immunity to myxoma virus in a research done by Sobey and Connolly. This discovery was later proved by other researchers. Not sure how that pertains to telegony because the language is unfamiliar to me, but let's continue. The manifest of telegony was recently seen in insects as offspring body size has been reported to be affected by the female's previous mate instead of the biological father. So it's even in insects. The presence of sperm in the uterine mucosa and uterine tube of the bat, mouse, and rabbit was reported by Kohlbrugge in the early 1910s. He suggested that sperm-mediated uterine cell modification, which affects the embryo and lasts from one pregnancy to the next, and probably more, might be one of the telegony processes. Okay, so... After reading nothing but uh, denial of telegony for years and years and years, this is especially refreshing. Of course, you're talking about three probably Hindu scientists who aren't concerned with the skepticism of Western scientists. They're just reporting the findings, and the findings here are incredible. Absolutely incredible. They're not, even, they're not even mentioning the fact that the vast majority of scientists regard telegony as, you know, as a false idea, okay? So, old sperm from every previous partner will affect the current infant is the question. Swamp fox X, oh, okay, uh, something happened to my volume? Yeah, I had an update uh, on this computer, so let me uh, boost it up off correct for that later it's funny how that happens anyway I bumped it up a little bit and uh, folks yeah this is a very important subject very yeah they're Iranian oh okay very good they're Iranians okay they don't give a damn what the West thinks about their research okay so yeah it's very possible that uh, so if a woman has many sex partners Her subsequent offspring will be affected by all of those previous sex partners. Are you listening, ladies? This is why the ancient world valued virginity so 
highly. Okay, well, the quotation here that those sperm do not participate in fertilization penetrate into the somatic cells of the uterus and store their genetic epigenetic information there. Okay, of course, what is the extent to which they participate? Well, in the very first generation, after, for example, a mare being mated with a zebra, the very first fertilization results in offspring which at least half of the body shows stripes. When th that species never showed any stripes before. In subsequent offspring, so this would be the second time that the mare is mated uh, with a non-zebra, the second time, we just talked about the first time after being mated with the second time, the stripes are less and less, and each subsequent is less and less appearance of stripes. But who knows to what extent this uh, telegony effect can occur down the line? Well, Dinosaur <laughs> produced a black baby while married to a white man. He accused her of being unfaithful to her. Him? Might have been her. <laughs> but uh, she denied it up and down. No, no, no. This could be a product of telegony. Scientists don't know everything, folks, despite their protestants that they do. That they do. Actually, scientists know very little. They're still, they're grasping in the dark. Grasping in the dark. So the information so far tends to conf uh, you know, confirm that all of those husbandmen knew what they were talking about. And when they reported to Legany, they reported it. I mean, they documented it. And as you can see, many, many reports in the scientific literature that are t totally ignored by modern, so-called, let's call it this one, modern pseudoscience. Modern pseudoscience, okay. Lowe, L-O et al., 1997, firstly reported the presence of fetal DNA in maternal circulation. All right, they've known that the DNA of the sire gets into the mother's blood. This has been known for a long time. Whether it causes telegony or not is another matter. However, it can no longer be denied that foreign DNA in the mother's blood will affect the next child, which rises by increasing gestational age and shows a dramatic increase during the last two months of pregnancy. A pregnant mother's blood contains a combination of her own DNA and fetal DNA, which originates from apoptic cells in the placenta and accounts for 10% of total circulatory DNA in material plasma. Wow! 10% apoptic cells are those cells who, that which have naturally died off but they will still contain a lot of RNA and DNA material which possibly theoretically actually can be moved into the new fetus via the blood the umbilical cord the placenta oh boy Circulatory fetal cells and cell-free fetal DNA are increasingly being discovered in the majority of pregnant women even decades after delivery. How many generations does it say in Genesis 23-2? No, no, no uh, mamzer shall enter the congregation of Yahweh up to 10 generations? which some people interpret as forever. But if you take that passage literally, 10 generations adds up to about 1,024. That's the odds. The odds, if you 
if a woman has sex with a black man, a white woman with a black man produces a child, offspring, from that union, she would have to have 10 non-integrated uh, offspring, which uh, re- reduces the amount of that ge- uh, that genetic material by 1 in 1,024. So the chances of that offspring showing telegony would be greatly reduced. However, it might still be there. <laughs> it might still be there. A pregnant mother's blood contains a combination of her own and fetal DNA, and that can last uh, circulate in her body for up to 10 years. How about the diseases that those sires may have given her? Contaminated blood? Oh, boy. Therefore, the identification of fetal DNA in the maternal bloodstream paved the way to determine the entire fetal genome using the blood of pregnant mothers and cast new light on telegony. Well, I love this article because there's no doubt in these authors' minds that telegony happens. They're just talking about the possible mechanisms. Regarding the period of time during which oocytes may have received genetic information from a previous partner, the course of pregnancy accompanied by ongoing release of fetal DNA into the mother's blood is regarded as a favorable opportunity for oocytes to receive this information and become transfected or transformed. I don't like either of those words. <laughs> transfected or transformed. What do you think they're doing to us with their COVID jabs? Are they not transfecting and transforming our blood? If the transfection of oocytes happens, which is subsequently fertilized with sperm from a different partner, the future children may bear some resemblance to the former male. Oh, no. No, that can't be. In a general sense, transfection capability is low under normal circumstances. We're not living in normal circumstances anymore, folks. We are living in the end times. However, there is information indicating that the injected DNA into mouse oocytes could be identified in a portion of mature mice and new transgenes comprise about 20% of mouse progeny. 20%. Correspondingly, Carbolata et al. declared that immature eggs were effortlessly transfected via plasmid DNA along with cationic liposomes. Liposomes are fat cells. It was indicated that many transient DNA breaks within embryonic DNA may assume a role in the integration of foreign DNA. This evidence may explain the occasional happening of telegony. Well, it sounds like it's more prevalent than anyone ever imagined. So what you can see here also is that virtually all of the research here has been done by Western scientists. They're just summarizing it here. Until now, we discussed the proposed mechanisms for telegony. But one important question remains yet to be answered. If telegony occurs through fetal DNA or integration of sperm into female somatic cells, without, and this would, could happen well after she's given birth to the original offspring, we do not know how long it will take for the genetic information of the previous partner to be concealed someplace in the female reproductive tract and potentially contribute in a future conception. So, are you getting the argument here that race mixing is not a good idea? So we need the packages to protect the genetic content of previous male and properly transferring it into future offspring. You mean they're arguing against it? I think they see the problem here. We will tell the story of uterine fluid-derived extracellular vesicles, uterosomes, as a possible destination of preceding male genetic information 
and describe how these vesicles may involve intelligity in the next section. So, these extracellular vesicles, otherwise known as uterosomes, are a possible destination of preceding male genetic information and describe how these vesicles may involve intelligity in the next section. So, but they've, they've also firmly established that this genetic information, this genetic material, does circulate in the mother's blood. So you take your chances with telegraphy. When you, ladies, <laughs> when you have a partner from a different race and you marry a white guy and your subsequent offspring doesn't look like him, <laughs> he is not going to like it. Anyway, and, and <laughs> keeping, keeping this going. The majority of existing information about the microchimerism, that's an interesting term, microchimerism generation comes from studies conducted on women who produce boys. It is likely that the Y chromosome containing cells originate not just from fetal sources, but also through the interaction between sperm and somatic cells. Brodsky and Ivanov. Again, the vast majority of the research here has been done by white researchers. Uh, Brodsky and Ivanov proposed that sperm could penetrate somatic cells in vivo, that is, living cells, generating viable chimeric cells which may endure and be stable in the body for a long time. Although the presence of Y chromosome is about one half of sperm, the real number of chimeric cells could be higher than it is identified. Brodsky et al. and Ivanov idea has yet to be tested and proven, particular in, in terms of stability and maintenance of live chimera cells and their nucleic acids over time. Uh, Chimeric cells would be what we would call hybrid, hybrid cells. Future research should focus on this topic in depth. And we know scientists don't want to talk about hybridity. That, you know, just like the word race is a forbidden topic, hybrids are forbidden. Hybrids are totally accepted by present day science as perfectly normal. No, what's wrong with hybridity? Uterine flow, or fluid rather. Uterine fluid, uterine gland-derived histotroph, supplies key nutrients for successful embryo implantation. And it is important during the first trimester, Burton et al., Hempstock and Salomonson also. Multiple sources have been introduced for the constituents of this fluid. Carbohydrates, amino acids, lipids, nucleic acids, nicotine. <laughs> I just threw that in there. Especially extracellular vesicle, EV. Okay, that's what EV stands for. Extracellular vesicle, including proteins, exudation from endometrial epithelium, and glands, evolving blastocyst, tubal fluid, etc., etc. So, this type of DNA can be held in the woman's body in these various cells, they are saying. So, it's not just a, a minor occurrence. It could be infecting just about every part of her reproductive system and her Blood. Whoa. Whoa. So this is why women are careful about the mates they choose, or used to be careful about the mates they chose. Not anymore. Today's women are be, are encouraged to be, what's the term, when you, when you sleep around <laughs> and, and do not restrict yourself to one sex partner, right? 
Yeah, uterine fluids sounds like a music band. Yeah, yeah. Let's start one with that name <laughs> and sound the warning. Write songs about telegony. Oh, there's a good name for a band. Telegony. Let's continue. Okay. The presence of EVs in uterine fluid, uterosomes, containing microvesicles and exosomes. We've talked about exosomes in the past. That's the kind of genetic material floating around in the woman's bloodstream. Has been reported in mice, sheep, and humans, including a wide range of biomolecules such as proteins and non-coding RNAs. NIG, or NG, and colleagues were the first group to confirm the existence of EVs in human uterine. That sounds like the researcher that I referenced several years ago on reporting the, the possibility of women retaining RNA in their blood, leading to telegony. Uterosomes, the lost ring of telegony, question mark. Sperm reaches the uterus and may modify the genetic structure as discussed in earlier sections. Austin and Bishop, Kolbruga, etc. We also noted Brodsky and Ivanov's findings, which suggested the creation of live chimera cells in vivo after piercing somatic cells. Whoa! Is that what the fallen angels were doing? I'm not talking about having sex with Adamic women, raping Adamic women. They may have uh, been privy to telegony and it subsequently affected the offspring of the offspring of the offspring of these Adamic women. Maybe that's why the world became so evil by the time of Noah. Because all of their ex, uh, offspring were, what's the word? Telegonous? Telegonous offspring? The word permanently we used is absolutely astonishing. <laughs> yeah, it blew me away. Because the long-term storage of complex and unknown genetic material. Uh, there's an ellipsis there. It doesn't complete the sentence. Conclusions and Perspectives We offered a novel way to understand telegony in this review paper. Currently, two processes for telegony have been documented, one of which is connected to fetal DNA, which naturally includes the previous man's genes and is released into the mother's blood on a regular basis. (laughs) Okay, all right, so if your mother has had children by many different sires, and all those children are assembled uh, like in uh, a welfare state apartment on the south side of Chicago where that black woman uh, has named all, all seven of her children Tyrone. And the guy comes in, why do you name them all Tyrone? And she says, well, I know the father's last name. <laughs> so she can keep them apart, but nobody else can. So every one of those seven sons is going to have characteristics of all the, those different fathers. I can see that the last one is going to be the most confused Which DNA do I follow? Which instructions shall I follow? I'm just so confused. You know, I'll just forget about it and just be myself, which the child doesn't know what itself is because it's had seven different fathers. For this to happen, the woman must have a child with a previous man. Now, actually, I have to ask a question here. Does she just need to be impregnated by the previous man? Or does she have to deliver a child? 
I mean, the genetic material is already there. Obviously, the infection, so-called, which it is, if you if you've got DNA floating in your around in your in your womb and your blood that you don't want to have there, you're infected. Okay, you're infected. I don't want to give the the uh, feminists any ammunition here. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, they say for this to happen, the woman must have had a child with the previous man. If the woman gets pregnant by another man. The genetic content of the previous man, again, it's an ellipsis, it's not finishing the sentence. And there's no way in this article here to read more. Okay? So, that's pretty much it for this article. Author's roles, it says, HRN conception and design, drafting the article, acquisition of data, analysis and interpretation, Blah, blah, blah. Now, as I already reported, the vast majority of these authors that are cited are white scientists, including Charles Darwin, of all things, which I least expected. So I bet the uh, evolutionists don't want to hear this. Funding not applicable conflicts of interest, competing interest. The authors declare that they have no conflict of interest. They're just compiling the results of the work of others. Okay, ethics approval not applicable. All right. Well, I say their article is of ethical value for those of us who want to know whether telegony is real or not. So, folks, here it is. This is the proof. Proof. So, here's some more articles that are links to, okay, infant mortality, childhood nutrition, and ischemic heart disease in England and Wales. Sperm RNA, Quovatis, spermatozoa somatic cell infusion, a mechanism for microchimerism formation. That one looks pertinent. Let me click on that one. Spermatozoa, somatic cell fusion, a mechanism for microchimerism, which I just referred to as infection. (laughs) Formation. Okay, you don't want any chimeras in your body, do you? But if you're a feminist and a communist or a transgender Male to female, you hope you can get pregnant. That happens too. Show more. It's not showing the article. Let me show me more. Okay, not much info here, but there, this study is available. Department of Pathology, the Ohio State University, Columbus, Ohio. Department of Medicine, Renal Research Institute, New York Medical College, Valhalla. New York, (laughs) Valhalla, New York. I wonder if they're pagans. Okay. All right, here's another one. Information transfer and sperm uptake by mammalian somatic cells. So that reference did not offer much information, but it tells us that there are more and more people working on this and it's becoming more scientifically valid, valid even for the deniers. Okay, progress in nucleic acid research and molecular biology, volume 17. This goes all the way back to 1976. Why have the scientists been hiding this information from us? Why do they fear telegony? Could it be because it confirms the Bible? That you, women should not have more than one sex partner? No, that's more, that's ethical. We can't have ethics involved in science. Or should we? It certainly doesn't bother the Jews when, when they create chimeras. They love creating chimeras. They are chimeras. They want more of themselves in existence. Publisher Summary. 
This chapter describes that sperm are endowed by their specific differentiation to interact with and to deliver their genetic components into ova for subsequent activation and function. Well, uh, we know that. Whether analogous genetic information can be transferred by sperm to mammalian somatic cells is unknown, they say. Okay, well, the previous article, that you know, the main article we've been reading from, they indicate, yeah, that does happen. Although the exact mechanism is not known. The chapter describes that mammalian sperm interact with mammalian somatic cells as evidenced by actual penetration. Actual penetration. Not just theoretical penetration. The appearance of changes in morphology and growth characteristics, which you would expect, because what are they, chimera, chimeric, chimeric penetration, chimeric looking offspring. Uh, Daddy, why doesn't my brother look like you or mom? <laughs> something, something went, something went wrong here. The appearance of changes in morphology and growth characteristics and the production of new gene products. So, genetic hybridization. New gene products that wouldn't otherwise be there unless telegony was happening. These changes may be consequences of the direct acquisition and genetic expression of either the sperm, chromatin itself, or the reverse transcriptase containing complex within the sperm heads. In other words, it's coming from the sperm. The interaction of sperm with somatic cells that leads to fetal antigen expression and to changes resembling oncogenetic transformation may involve a recapitulation, at least in part, of the program of post-fertilization gene expression. So, so they're simply saying here, well, it can happen as part of the current pregnancy or it can uh, can happen as part of the expression of the somatic cells from the previous sire in combination with the current pregnancy. The normal function of sperm is fertilization. The presence of its various components in somatic cells might very well induce changes analogous to those that occur in embryological and fetal development. So, these foreign DNA particles, I would assume they are alive, but apparently they may not need to be because the previous article suggested that endo uh, endocosm is possible, which is how 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 can I put this? Uh, it's not necessarily dead; <laughs> it's still floating around in the woman's blood, getting nutrition in some way or another, and the, the process of apoptosis, in which your cells normally are designed to self-destruct. After so many reproductions, that's apoptosis. Does that destroy the life of the organism of the of those cells, or do they continue to live outside their prescribed rate? Now, cancer is your cells living beyond ap- apoptosis. The cells don't die like they're supposed to. They keep on living. <laughs> Okay, so this is a kind of uh, a form of genetic cancer where your cells that are supposed to die don't die and somehow they stay alive in one way or another because the process of apoptosis has failed or has been degraded. Okay, so the normal function of sperm is fertilization. The presence of its various components in somatic cells might very well induce changes analogous to those that occur in embryological and fetal development. It has been estimated that the amount of unique sequence DNA that is transcribed in the rabbit blastocyst 
but no longer in the mid-gestation embryo is enough to specify some 23,000 proteins. Okay, so in the early development of the embryo, I think that's what they're saying here, that this DNA is enough to specify some 23,000 different proteins. The corresponding difference between normal and virus-transformed mouse cells is regarded as sufficient to specify some 200,000 different proteins. To sort out the many steps involved in embryogenesis, fetal development, and oncogenesis in the face of such complexity is indeed a prodigious task. But what we can conclude from this blip here is that there are many ways in which telegony can influence subsequent offspring. How's them apples? And there was no apple in the garden, folks. There was sperm and there was ova, but no apples. Okay. Here's another one. Circulating free cell or cell-free DNA. So it's DNA that's just floating around. It's outside of a cell. Is, uh, I guess the question I was asking from the previous are, is that DNA alive or not? Does it have to be alive? But I think it doesn't have to be alive. It just has to be together, still in, in combination, because when when the Jews inject your body with mRNA, it's synthetic. It's synthetic. And it can be implanted into the newly developed fetus or developing fetus. They certainly claim that it affects your current DNA because your DNA recombines itself every so often. And if your body uptakes the synthetic DNA, you become a robot. You become a Borg. And it's been shown, demonstrated by other scientists, that this mRNA radiates genetic information, or at least it radiates the information of the shot you got, your clot shot. And it still radiates from the grave that you were buried in because that's what it's designed to do. So you may or may not be alive, and it's still radiating from the grave, folks. Okay. With a little bit of time left. Okay, so these are the references quoted in the body of the article. So let me just quote on this one here. Click on it. The hereditary transmission of hypospadias and its transmission by indirect atavism. Okay? So you can see the titles of these articles are very particular to what we call hybridization and telegony. Okay, now here's what looks interesting. Darwin's pangenesis and certain anomalous phenomena. With about five minutes left, Darwin's pangenesis. Abstract. Darwin clearly described certain anomalous phenomena, including what he referred to as the direct action of the male element on the female form. And what we now call xenia and telegony, bud variation, that is mutation, reversion or atavism, and the inheritance and non-inheritance of mutilation. Okay? Whoa! Whoa! Now I think we're getting a handle on why so many deformed babies are born. It could be telegony what they call genetic mutation may actually be telegony, folks. Oh, Xenia, the warrior princess. 
Was she really a man in a woman's body? Oh, no wonder she was a, such a good shot. Take that, take that sword and arrow away from her. Some phenomena, particularly Xenia, telegony, and the inheritance of mutilation were considered as doubtful phenomena by such authorities as Weissman and Morgan. Over the past 150 years, however, there has been increasing evidence for Xenia, which is of great interest and importance in physiological research and plant production. The discoveries of cell-free fetal DNA, that is, exosomal DNA just floating around either in your womb or in your blood, sperm RNAs, penetration of sperm into the somatic tissues of the female reproductive tract, and the incorporation of exogenous exosomes, exogenous DNA into somatic cells indicate that molecular mechanisms exist for telegony. One of the most controversial issues. Darwin's pangenesis is the only theory that explains all the different types of phenomena. So Darwin was right about that. He was wrong about evolution. Okay, section snippets. Okay, Darwin on Xenia. X-E-N-I-A, maybe pronounced Xenia, the warrior princess slash goddess. Xenia is the is described as the direct or immediate pollen effect on the size, shape, color, developmental timing, and chemical composition of seeds and fruits. So it applies mainly to plants. However, it can be applied to animals. Before Focke, F-O-C-K-E, 1881, coined the term Xenia, Darwin collected many cases and devoted six pages to what he referred to as the direct action of the male element on the female form. He believed that this was one remarkable fact and had had a high physiological importance. He first described the direct action Ellipsis. So you're going to have to go to the actual article to get more information on that. Darwin on telegony. Telegony is the belief that the sire first mated to a female will have an influence upon some of the female's later offspring by another male. It is not only one of the most obscure problems in genetics, but also interests all sorts of conditions of men in many different parts of the world. Although the term telegony was coined by Weissman in 1912, Darwin was the first to summarize this phenomenon in biological science in Chapter 11 of his book, The Variation of Animals and Plants Under. Okay, so not only is telegony real, it may be the source of what scientists call otherwise genetic disease. Or genetic mutations. Ladies, <laughs> wash me and I shall become whiter than snow. Will Yahweh deliver us from all of the telegony that has happened since Genesis 3.15? Oh boy, we better start praying. And Swamp Fox says, We are but pilgrims passing through. The world is not even our home. Morning mist, shadow on the wall, nothing more. All we can do is wait for the second coming and prepare ourselves for it because there may be a revolution brewing out there. Get ready. Keep your powder dry. Stock up on bullets and canned tuna. And maybe you'll make it to that day. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. You heard it here. Telegony is a scientific fact. Bye-bye.